0: Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Coach Talk. Today I have the privilege of bringing on someone who over the last years developed a a very good relationship with um, and admired from afar and definitely take her knowledge of the game for what it's worth and everything she tells me, she's told me nothing but the truth thus far so I have I have to continue to believe that what she's saying is golden. But Coach Bernita Jackson, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Definitely. So, Coach, I mean, you've had a an interesting journey, huh? Going from pro to JUCO to Division One, then to NAIA. Like how how was the journey for you, and um, that's definitely probably gave you a, a lot of different perspectives on this recruiting process. I'm sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting to see it from different perspectives—from junior college to NCAA Division One, now at the NAIA level—there's um, a a lot of differences, but then there's also a lot of similarities as well. So. Um, just learned, learned a lot over the last, uh, I really started in 2008 at the college level, so just learned a lot over the last few years, and the recruiting process has changed tremendously since I started, And um, but it all boils down to relationships, who you know, and um, who really knows you, because uh, if they know you and they trust you, they'll send you good players, so that part of it hasn't changed.
0: Yeah, I don't think people understand that that fact that really recruiting has changed a lot in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And I don't think parents and student athletes understand that like smartphones change the game. And then mm-hmm. with a global pandemic that just changed the game that much further. The last mm-hmm. 12 to 24 months I think recruiting has taken some major changes to where now coaches like yourself are more comfortable with looking at games online or virtual as opposed to having to be in that gym has that been one of the biggest changes you've seen?
1: Yeah but about 7 or 8 years ago I remember like people just weren't real big on getting game film or keeping game film and we would ask recruits you know, send us some film before we spend money to come out there. And, um, you know, a lot of them didn't have it. And then you just saw this major shift with the recruiting landscape where, you know, film was just a part of it. You have to have game film, um, good quality game film for coaches to see before they spend money to come and watch you play. Especially if you play for a high school that's not heavily recruited. Um, or is not well known. So um that was something I saw change. And then in the last year or two, you know, people are really starting to understand that I could take advantage of those free resources like a YouTube or a Twitter and just post, you know, my clips or my highlights to kind of engage coaches or bait them, if you will, and then um have that full game film available for whenever they um, ask for it. But um, there there are tons of companies out there that are streaming film and, and games. And especially with the pandemic, you know, um, that's the best way that recruiters could, you know, stay alive and stay connected was through videos on their phones, on their MacBooks or whatever, watch film online. And so um, as a recruiter, you had to, you, you kind of had to, if you didn't like it before, you had to you know, really fall in love with watching game film. Um, It doesn't give you the full scope of a player. I do think seeing them in person, you get to see everything, uh, their body language, how they act on the bench, how they sub in and out. Um, You get some of that on film, but not all of it. But yeah, I definitely think um, it was a good change. And I, I also think players who are in those smaller scale markets that wouldn't have got exposure before are able to get it now, like you said, with the insert of smartphones and, and really just technology advancing the way that it has.
0: And, and you bring up a good point there. And I'm going to do this shameless, shameless plug here. Because one of the things that we did was we created a digital network. And that digital network was for that very reason to allow schools and events and things of that nature to reach coaches on a broader level to really take some of these local and regional events and programs and give them more of a national reach. And so we looked at the iOS Android app, added the Roku channel, added Amazon Fire Stick, Um, Just for that very reason. Um, And we've got a couple of schools that have their own channels on our network now, which is crazy to think that. But, yeah, they've created their own channels on our network, which has given them the ability to leverage what as a network we've created in building relationships with coaches to provide that exposure to their players. And so I I think that's Mm -hmm. a big thing that you brought up there was having that ability to do things like that because there are a lot of programs looking for players who don't have recruiting budgets to really reach that mass scale. Mm
1: -hmm. Now that's exactly right. The recruiting budget, just about every school I've been at, um, we essentially recruiting out of our own pocket. And so, um, having the access of logging in to see recruits, or um, being able to just you know get online, whatever it is, whether it was you know on our phone or whatever else, that kind of leveled the playing field for those smaller schools and smaller markets, especially at the junior college level and here at the NAIA level where I'm at now. Um, those those types of things make it a little bit more attainable for the small guys like us. Um, I coached at a division one as an assistant. The budget there still wasn't great. It was a, you know, mid-major. So it's not, you know, we don't have the kinds of budgets where you can just get on a private jet and fly all over the country like the power five schools do. Um, But you make do with what you have. And again, you lean into those relationships of coaches that you know, and programs that, you know, produce good quality, hardworking players and um you just kind of you you really honestly it boils down to relationships and then obviously like having that that access of of technology man that it helped it helped a lot and i really hope that players and parents you know take that stuff seriously get that good quality game film um and have it accessible so that when a coach reaches out you can just shoot it over to them and it's not you know a delay um you know back in the day when when i was playing it was vh tapes so you had to. yeah to mail a coach a VHS tape that took a little while, so things have advanced a little bit since then.
0: I figured you'd at least had a yeah, CD.:
1: It's a good thing.
0: C D or DVD.
1: <laughs> she
0: said a VHS
1: VHS tape, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's switch gears here a little bit. So being back in the seat there, because actually, you were a high school coach, right? Mm hmm. So making that shift from high school now back to college, it's like, what What was the biggest adjustment you had to
1: make? Um, I don't I don't know if there was a huge adjustment. I think it's more natural for me to coach at the college level. I think it was an adjustment to go to the high school level. But um, me and my husband just made a decision. We wanted to be here in Dallas. And um, so I was like, OK, let me just look into some local high schools and and be close to home. And um, when I got the call about the opportunity at Texas Wesleyan um, and started kind of researching it, that was actually more natural for me, um, just because I'm used to recruiting. I'm used to coaching at the college level. I'm used to um, this whole process, where you get to recruit your own players versus you know a high school You kind of just get what shows up. Um, um, But, uh, you know, at every level, one thing that I learned is basketball is basketball. And if you can coach, you can coach. And the kids either listen to you or they don't. Um, I've I've learned that at different levels, um, I I do think you have to be able to break the game down a little bit better at the high school level because it is basics and fundamentals but honestly at the college level it's still basics and fundamentals um we just hope that by that level they've mastered it but um i i don't know if it was a huge transition for me coming to texas westland but i will say being at the high school level it stretched me Uh, (laughs) and i had to i had to be very patient and intentional about what i said because at the age of fifteen and sixteen, you know they hold on to your every word, and so um, I had to be very intentional about what I said, but still competitive. And so they they responded to me, but they were also just a great group of girls. They had never had somebody as you know competitive as passionate as I was, and they you know soaked it up, and the parents loved it too. Um, so I, I mean, from that perspective. That was the biggest transition for me. (laughs) I probably would never go back to the high school level if I have anything to do with it. (laughs) But um, yeah, it just felt natural being at the college level. Uh, The kids are competitive. They want to win. And at Texas Wesleyan, uh, they only won one game last year. So this year we have our work cut out for us. um, And we got to pretty much climb from the bottom, you know, one step at a time and try to try to get ourselves back into playoff position and hopefully, you know, get ready to make some noise, even, you know, at the national tournament in the next year or two. Um, But that, that part of it feels more natural to me than the high school, if I can be honest.
0: (laughs) No, I, I got you. And I think if, if anybody was to do their research on your coaching background and where you've, Being in where you're at now, the one thing that they'll see is that you build programs. Um, I think everywhere you've gone, you've went in and within two years made a drastic change in the culture and the uh, just the environment at wherever school it was at you guys were at. And so I think that's awesome. Um, I, I think Texas Wesleyan is in for... A lot of wins here sooner than they might think. I hope so. (laughs) So let's talk about the recruiting aspects of it. So what are some of the things that you as a coach are looking for when you're evaluating potential student athletes for your programs?
1: Um, I specifically am looking for Um, position-based what our needs are. So we might be in the market for a good quality passing point guard that can set her team up and lead. We might be looking for, you know, just a knockdown shooting guard. So I kind of start my assessment based on what we need to build to grow moving forward. Um, But once I start looking into specific student-athletes, I'm looking at the overall character because you're not just with them, you know, on the court. And when they come to your campus, they are representing you and your entire program in the classroom and in the community. So we need to have good ambassadors, um, people who know how to communicate, who aren't posting their feelings all over Twitter and everything else. uh, Because that's, you know, we have to have people that understand every tweet, Affects every person in this room, and so uh, we have to be mindful of the things that we're putting out in social media. I look, I look all on their social media, like I'm. I want to see what kind of a person you are. Um, I need to. I go watch practices. I want to see how you work when the lights are off and there's no fans in the stands and no popcorn. I want to see are you really into the process? Um, I like to watch them play high school and AAU. So I can see both of those sides of uh, their game. Do they know how to play a little up tempo and fast pace, where you don't and you you don't really get as much time to scout your opponents. You just got to be able to make quick in game adjustments and really just compete and go beat somebody. So I like to see that because that tells me a lot about how you'll be able to perform, you know, in tournament times, in the season, that kind of stuff. Because you don't get as much time to scout during those times. On the flip side, I like to see you at your high school because that's really look on what it's going to be like when you get to my campus because you can't be eligible to play in high school if you're not taking care of your academics or if you're getting suspended because you're not following team rules all that kind of stuff i need to know um i also like to go to high school games and kind of see how people talk about you it's interesting um because when you have those players that are just good quality kids Everybody loves them from the principals to the janitor. Everybody is like, Oh, you here to see such and such. She's a great kid. She's a hard worker. We never have problems out of her. Those are the kind of kids that we want within our program because they'll come here and continue that character. Um, the ones that, <laughs> you know, you kind of go to their high school and it's not that response or you can just kind of get a vibe that it's not um, a good environment, if you will, um, based on that kid you know, we might still watch them to see if they mature, but honestly I'll back off if um, if it's a character issue. So, um, and I know everybody doesn't recruit that way, but for in our program, we just, we have to have kids that are mature, that's ready to go. Um, GPA needs to be at least a 3.5 for us. Um, if it's lower than a 3.5, got to be really good. <laughs> but other than that, Ah, uh, we're looking at the total package. You know, we want to talk to you. want to meet your parents, if if we can. We want to meet your neighbors, your pastors. We want to see what everybody got to say about you. You know, um, because that tells me a full picture of how you treat people, and how you're going to continue to treat people when you get here. So, um, but we look at everything. We we like to see how you interact with our players. Um, but obviously, when it comes to the basketball stuff, to me that that's kind of easy to assess. If I need a point guard that can you know set the table, They can get her team set up, that's a leader, you can see that almost immediately either from film or when you go watch them play. Um, but it's those kind of intangibles, like their work ethic and practice that you have to research and really get to the bottom of. Um, and that stuff just takes time, building relationships and making sure they're not just kind of telling you what you want to hear when you're talking to them. Um, I want to see it and I want to see it consistently. Um, cause to me, that's the best picture of what to expect when you get here. And a coach doesn't want to spend 20,000 on a kid only for it to be, you know, a wash and we don't get anything out of it. And, uh, you come here and nightmare to coach. So nobody wants to spend that kind of money and you don't work hard or you don't show up to practices, you know, you just show up to games and that kind of stuff. So. We definitely look at the whole picture, but I definitely want to see you play high school because that's the closest picture of what it's going to look like when you get here in AAU. Um, Because that's going to tell me a lot about your IQ, in-game adjustment, ability to play different styles of play in a short, quick amount of time and still be productive.
0: And and I'm glad that you (coughs) brought up that high school piece because you almost get the feeling In today's culture that parents and student-athletes don't think that high school matters anymore and they they put all their onus and all their eggs in the AAU basket and hoping that 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 program gets them to wherever they're going to and so letting parents and student-athletes understand that high school still matters like, it still matters. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, <clears throat> your high school coach has you for eight months out of a year. As far as interacting with you, your club program may have you for the summer. And so, I know when I was coaching college, I wanted to talk to the high school coach. Because they've got a, a better picture of you as an individual. And so I wanted that picture. All right. um. The Taking It to the House Leadership Award goes to, drum roll please, <laughs> the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick. Why? Because I told y'all here first, last week. Hmm. This is a leadership thing. So you are so caught up in your 10 year veteran status, Cam Newton. That you felt vaccinated or unvaccinated, the best leadership decision for you to make was to violate team protocols. So what are some of the other things that from a coaching standpoint that are like red flags for you? In the recruiting process you mentioned one you mentioned Um, one with the social media piece yeah um what other red flags i i don't like today's student athlete i'm so glad they didn't have facebook twitter instagram when i was a kid (laughs) i am so glad but Mm -mm. today's student athletes Like they have to put their entire lives on social media.
1: Everything, yeah.
0: And not understanding that you might think it's funny today, but it could impact you three, four years, five years down the line. Like so so Mm -hmm. what type of things are red flags for you outside of the just that piece?
1: Yeah, I definitely um I really am to kind of research and like their work ethic because I run a very high intensity program. So when you walk in our gym, like everybody, you know, has high energy, they're clapping, they're engaged. I don't care if you're hurt or you're a manager on the side, you are engaged with what's going on. We don't have cell phones out, like we're getting better. So I have to have players who understand that coming in. We don't have enough time to teach that. Um, so a red flag for me, like I went to a practice one time, it was really, really good program. Um, they, you know, always had winning seasons, but I go to their practice and the kids are on the side, just kind of talking, not really paying attention. And, uh, the coach is like coaching and and trying to tell them, you know, we're going to move this and, and I want you to run up this side and take this shot. And nobody was paying attention to her. And uh, so she had to keep re-explaining herself. And at the college level, we just don't have time for that. Um, You, you know, in high school, it's a little bit slower game. At the college level, it goes a lot faster. You got that shot clock. And so we don't have time to keep repeating ourselves. So that will be a red flag. If I'm watching you in practices or games and your coach is talking and you're rolling your eyes or you're not making eye contact or you come to the bench and you don't high five your teammates. You know, you're not going to all of a sudden become a great teammate when you come here. You know, that's a character thing. And uh, coaches look at that at every level, at every single level, especially at the highest levels. But we certainly look at it and it matters to us. Um, So I look at, you know, the parents in the stands. Um, Are you constantly looking over your shoulder to see what mom and dad is saying? Um, I, I had a very vocal mother when I played I get it strangely enough she didn't know much about basketball so half the stuff she was yelling was completely off base and um, she would be yelling you know foul but we were on defense so I was just like uh mom <laughs> you're gonna have to bring it down a notch and and I get it like this is a day and age where everybody is a coach in the stands and uh, everybody's got a team. but and so I think about it from the perspective of, you know, how are we preparing them for the real world? And sports is a great way to do that. Um, but I, I mean, if I see stuff like that, if I see like irate parents or, you know, they're constantly yelling at the officials, the parents aren't going to stop that when they get to the college level. Um, and that will be a huge red flag for me. Um, I look at that kind of stuff. I look at from a From a playing perspective, you know, do they take possessions off or do they have a motor? Do they look disengaged? Do they, you know, check out on key possessions? You know, are they talking during free throws and making sure everybody knows who's guarding who when we come out of this free throw situation? You know, little stuff that makes a huge difference in a ball game. I pay attention to how they interact with referees. Are they constantly, you know, smacking their lips, waving their hands at them? Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I don't think that stuff is being emphasized enough at the grassroots level, uh, which is part of the reason why this past summer I got back into coaching even a little bit of AAU just because those kids need to know, like coaches look at stuff like that and you might be talented, but you're going to miss out on a great opportunity if you don't, you know, straighten up these small little things that are, You know really intangible don't show up on the stat sheet but they are the difference between a head coach saying yes or no um and you don't ever want to be the reason why a head coach says no we're gonna pass so um i think we as a you know as a community have to help them understand uh the big picture because kids think in the moment and they're very much into their feelings that's the reason why they go to twitter and all that other stuff they're not thinking big picture so I think we as adults, as their community, just continue to remind them. And if they're hearing it at home from their parents, they're hearing it from the high school coach, they're hearing it from an AAU coach, at some point they'll start to get it in their head and change. But that's some of the stuff that I look at that, I mean, I could go on. But to be honest with you, there's a lot of red flags that we look for. And some red flags you just have to decide, is this something that I can coach? Or is this something that, you know, would probably tear our team apart?
0: Yeah, and and that's a big thing right there. It's like that team, right? And that team building piece.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think a lot of student athletes and parents understand that as a coach, when I bring you onto into my program, you become part of my family. And yeah. so with that dynamic in play, like, Why would I bring more drama into my life if I don't have to? Right. (laughs) And
1: I think that a
0: a lot of times student athletes think that talent is enough. Like my talent will allow me to do whatever I want to. And Mm -hmm. some places it does. But there's some coaches and some programs where... That's not gonna fly. And you see it really start to take shape when these kids get to the pro level. And now you've yeah. got somebody holding them accountable and telling them no and you can't do this and they don't know how to take it. And so I like the best case scenario that I that I can look at is J.R. Ryder. J.R. Ryder was a uber talent and was on his way to really being a a major star in the NBA but his off the court and his personality and attitude just teams just couldn't deal with him Minnesota traded him Atlanta traded him Portland traded him and then he went to the Lakers and tried to challenge the Mamba and that was the end of it
1: for him. <laughs> That's right.
0: And so I, I think that understanding that it's a totality of an individual, not just talent, but personality, how you interact with teammates and coaches goes a long way in this whole process.
1: It's, it's all about, you know, again, it comes back to that relationship and, um, I think that's why the transfer portal is so prevalent because um, players refuse to submit to the process and refuse to um, kind of get out of that me mentality and really buy into it's bigger than me. Um, I, I personally think that players would have a much better experience on any team if Instead of averaging 20 points a game and y'all losing every game, if you maybe only averaged 12 points, you know, five, six rebounds, three assists, but your team was winning. I think you would have a better experience because I don't know anybody who went to a championship or playoffs and said, oh, I wish I averaged more points. Nobody said that. All they talked about was they won. They got rings, the memories they made with their teammates you know, and the relationships you build through that whole process. So um, I think you really got to, if you're going to be a part of a team, you have to be willing to do what it takes to win. And uh, it it can't be just about you scoring because that is not always appropriate for one person to score. That's easy to scout. Well, that's a threat that can come at you at any point. That's hard to guard, which makes it more fun to play when everybody's an option and everybody is on one accord and and trying to win. So, but it comes down to relationships and in relationships, you got to be willing to compromise a little bit. You got to be willing to conflict, uh, resolve conflict, which, you know, they struggle with a lot of people struggle with. They don't ever want to address stuff head on. Um, But if I'm in a relationship with a player, I'm trusting you to come here and represent our program. When conflicts arise, like, let's talk about it. Um, it shouldn't just be, you know, I call my old AAU coach. It should be, let me talk to this coach and let's try to work through it. Um, but I think that has to be taught. I don't think they're just going to wake up one day and know how to solve problems and be committed. So.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like that old ad, ad, uh, (coughs) um, winning cures a lot of things. Mm Mm-hmm. Winning cures a lot of things. (laughs) And so we'll, we'll, you you touch a piece that I want to talk about, and that was the relationship part. Like how I don't think student athletes and parents understand the magnitude and the role that building a relationship with the coaching staff has in that recruiting process. I always like to tell people it's it's like this like it's hard for me to tell you no. If I've got a relationship with you and we've got time and, and interest vested into building a relationship, it's hard to tell somebody no at that point. And so mm-hmm. I think these younger players need to just pick up the phone and call some coaches and start working and sending emails and start building these mm-hmm. relationships To better their recruitability, especially when you're in programs or in locations that aren't heavily recruited. Like letting these coaches know they exist, I think. So like Mm -hmm. from your opinion, like how big of a role does that relationship building piece play in recruiting for you?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest part of it is um, I'm going to engage with you, reach out to you. But if it's just a one-sided relationship and I'm always reaching out to you, at some point, I'm going to think, you know, you're not as serious about us as we are about you. And so just like you're talking to a lot of coaches, I'm talking to even more players. And so you might be my number one. But after a couple of weeks, if you're not reciprocating that interest, and taking an initiative. Um, some of my favorite players that I've ever recruited that turned out to be All-Americans and just did a fabulous job for us during the recruiting process. I would text and be like, "Hey, you know, good luck on your game tonight. I'll either I'll be watching or we might have had a game the same night. I'll check in with you later." And whether I responded to them or not later, they would text me after the game and say, hey coach, you know, we won, we beat such and such. That puts us in second place now in district, you know. And so they were a part of the relationship building. It wasn't just me pursuing them. Um, And then same thing, when when we would have a game, they would reach out and say, you know, hey coach, saw y'all beat such and such. And, you know, can't wait to come watch another game in person. And, you know, we would talk and get to know each other. And if they lost the game, that's one of my favorite times to talk to them and ask them, you know, what did you learn? What what could you do to get better? Because losing is a, is a part of winning. You got to you got to know how to lose and grow and develop from those games so that you don't keep losing and you win. And so getting to hear from them, their IQ and just their care for women, their care for their team, how they talk about their teammates, how they talk about their coaches. It gives me a great insight on how they're going to be when they to us. And those players that interact with me about basketball and can talk to me and, you know, reach out to me and, and engage with us back, man, they, they have soared at the collegiate level. Um, and I really think it just boils down to them being active participants in the relationship. Now, we all like to be pursued and chased, but, you know, at some point, you got to let yeah. somebody know I'm interested, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's kind of like this will be my last last question here, and we'll close this out. What are your thoughts on all these kids posting on Twitter after they didn't talk to a coach saying they've gotten me you to know, offer or whatever, like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. But when I see that, <laughs> I'm just like, really? Like, yeah, a- as a coach, my thought process is, are you trying to use me to get other coaches interested in you? Like, wh- what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think it's I honestly think it's just a trend and they're just doing what they see other people doing. So um, I personally, like when they come on visits, you know, people have them wear the uniforms. I don't do all of that. Because I'll tell you right now, the kids that's here right now, I have told them you on a scholarship every single day that you are here or whether you're on a scholarship or you walk on whatever you're trying to do with this team, you earn that jersey. You earn the right to wear that jersey. So when they come on visits, we don't put jerseys on them. I understand that's a trend. You call me, oh, whatever. I don't care. You earn the right to wear a jersey around here. I don't want anybody to ever think we just hand out opportunities. You're gonna work for every opportunity you get, every minute you get. But I really think although that may feel old school, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um <clears throat> we don't hand we don't hand out jerseys to the kids now. I don't do that kind of stuff. When they post about it on Twitter that they got a an offer and all that kind of stuff you know, back in the day, I just would ask the kids, but now I can just look at your Twitter and see who I was recruiting you. Um, and to a certain degree, it can work against you. Because if I'm, you know, a high major power five coach, and then I'm looking at you just getting a bunch of offers from mid-majors, I might be like, oh, she might not be good enough. And I might pull out. So it could actually work against you. And I know, like you were saying, you might think I'm using it and bigger schools will now want me now. Not necessarily. You know, if you don't fit into their system and what they like to do, it really doesn't mean anything. Um, I think it's just a trend. I think they just do it because they see other people doing it and it makes them feel confident. They like that attention. And um, it's now become a a part of their recruiting process. I don't I don't get involved with that kind of stuff. Um, We've had kids, you know, post that they were coming here and, you know, got an offer. And it's just it's just an offer, you know. I I could hang up the phone with you and offer 10 more kids tonight. So um, I wouldn't get real high on an offer. You know what I'm saying? Getting an offer and signing is not the hardest part of the process. As somebody who went through it as a player and has done this as a college coach since 2008, getting an offer and a scholarship is not the hardest part. It's keeping it. It's getting there and actually being productive. It's actually getting plan time and helping the program win. That's the hard part. It's not getting the scholarship. Uh, You got talent, you know, and you you got a pretty good GPA, you'll play at the next level. But it's so many kids that go and just end up either transferring, dropping out, and just not having a good experience because the focus is on the wrong stuff. I think we as, you know, when I was at the AAU level and high school level, that was one of the things I used to talk to them about. Coaches at the college level, they offer 10 kids the same scholarship in one night. So, you know, I know y'all tweeting and everybody excited, but (laughs) you know, that's just the way the game goes. And it doesn't mean anything against you. It just means you're not finished. Like you still got work to do. You still gotta get better. When you get there, you gotta prove why they gave you that scholarship.
0: But coach, I thank you for (laughs) your time. Thank you for dropping some knowledge here and imparting some very useful information for student athletes and parents. Um, Is there anything you want to say in closing?
1: I mean, um, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for um, inviting me on and having me here. I really love what you're doing to help grow the game. I do think these conversations are so necessary. Um, as the recruiting landscape continues to change it will keep changing Um, but I think what you're doing through your network and then just through conversations like this helps to inform the student athlete not just from you know uh, AAU coach's perspective or a high school coach's perspective but when you get to hear from those college coaches when you get to hear from you know players that have been where you're trying to go I think it makes a difference and so everybody's journey is different. That will be my only piece of advice. No two people's recruiting experience will be the same. And so um, you take knowledge, you take wisdom, you take insight from people, but at the end of the day, you've got to be able to make the best decision for you and your life um, and what it is that you're trying to do, whatever goals you're trying to reach. Um, it's not easy. It's a blessing to play at the college level. And so if you get to do it um don't forget that the hardest part is actually getting there playing getting on the team buying into the culture and adding value that's the hardest part but it's the funnest part too for me playing college basketball is the best four years of my life hands down (laughs) i loved it but um it's an experience that you'll carry with you to best of luck to everybody out there if you ever have questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'll try my best to answer your questions. But other than that, feel free to uh, reach out and connect. I'm all over social media. So,
0: Well, thank you, Coach. <clears throat> thank you for the kind words. Much appreciated. Well, folks, there you go. Another episode of Coach Talk in the Books. Thanks for joining us. Catch our next one. God bless.